And here they come. Louth, O'Brien, O'Neill, Conlon, White, Coleman, Bean, Riley, Cunningham, O'Donnell, Lynch, McDonnell, Rose, Smith, Blood, and me and... Breaks inside to Stephen White. The one man that can do it, and he's done it! A goal for Louth. Paulo Hanlon, a vital touch. Now he's Stephen White to his right. This must be it! It is! I don't believe it! Kildare must be out of the Leicester Championship. At midfield, wearing number eight, the first all-star ever from Louth, would you welcome Paddy Keenan. Arguably the most popular of tonight's winners, Paddy has led from the front for Louth since his championship introduction in 2003. Here's a chance for Rooney! What a goal by J.P. Rooney! And then it happened. Bean sends in from the sideline and Sean Cunningham finishes it at the net. Loud are in front. And here it is. Loud are All-Ireland champions for the third time. On this week's We Are Loud podcast, the Dock Young Irelanders are the Loud Junior Champions. I caught up with their manager, Adrian Donoghue, and their hero at the back, Peter Dixon. Lovely interviews, and I also preview the Loud Intermediate Final between the Feckins and the Moctis. So thank you for listening. It was built up beforehand as defence against attack and whoever would come out on top would win. And it was the mean and utter ruthless defence of the Dundalk Young Irelanders that came through to win the Christie Bellia Cup, Loud Junior Champions 2018. And who's to say with the, with the setup they have that they can't go all the way and maybe add Leinster or more to the bag? Because they're very, very organised, they have a lot of experienced heads and they have a lot of great determination to get over the line as well and it helps on the line with Adrian O'Donoghue and Kieran Maguire so it was a it was a it was a championship won on defence um, as they say in America and nothing proved it more than the final the showcase finals are really just whoever's leading when the, when the referee blows the whistle it was it was nervy stuff at the end for um for the young Irelanders because Glide really and truly they just couldn't they couldn't get the scores they kicked seven wides in the second half some of them were bad wides a lot of frees and I suppose before we get into the game you might as well start at the end and Peter Nixon's interception at the end was a sure goal um, I think it was it I think it was Jordan O'Donoghue that dropped the ball and it came in it came in and it was Flick ball in and Peter Nixon got the hand to it and it was a vital, vital interception because Glyde were pushing hard at that stage and the Young Irelanders were just hanging on, just staying in the game, just holding their their structure in place because they were winning balls in the middle field and kicking it over the side and they were dispossessed, they were kicking goal kicks away. It just wasn't they were just hanging on and Glyde just weren't able to punish them. Going into it you thought their forwards would be good enough. Um, Kira, Connor Sheridan was a new dad. He didn't feature as much as he would have liked, but um, he, he's a nice consolation prize. It was just, it was that doggedness that, that held for um, the Young Irelanders. They conceded one goal in um, 
one goal in league and championship all season so they're, they're built on defence and they showed today um, but they had to get they had to get a goal themselves and that goal even came through the precarious circumstances Mark Savage took the penalty rebounded and he got the rebound and I'd say massive relief because they were down two points at half time got that vital goal after half time <laughs> and the way they play they nearly needed a lead to hang on to and win uh, win with so that's really got what got them over the line it was, it was Clyde with the majority possession as, as you predict they just weren't able to punish they, they had the subs they emptied their bench they threw everything at it Paul Noon comes off the bench has a bit of an impact as well but he also kicks a wide it was just it's just it, for the second year running it wasn't to be for Clyde they'll, they'll They'll be they'll be kicking their heels again. They'll be feeling like they'll never get out. But they will. They'll just have to suck it up and roll on next year again. They might lose a few, but a lot of the younger players will be will be better for us. Kieran Sheridan was one of them players. He had a chance to miss to hit a forty-five at the end, but he missed. Wasn't to be. And I suppose in a championship that it's it's usually the best final actually it's usually it has been this past few years underdogs winning and good open displays of football it was a low scoring game of football but it just shows the level of um, work that goes into managing any team at any level and you can see the work has gone in with the um, young Irelanders like it doesn't just happen overnight that he set up defensively and it comes off there's a lot of uh, a lot of I suppose planning that goes into place and a lot of training sessions where it's set up that they have lads to get out of transition and it helps I suppose the, the fathers over the two sons we catch up with Adrian now in a few minutes and he gives an absolutely wonderful interview <laughs> and also uh, Peter Nixon as well the hero of the hour gives a lovely interview um, but that's that's the Young Ireland worthy winners and they'll they'll go far in Leinster like I said and they'll, they'll make a good day to the Intermedia again next year so uh, enough of me and uh, enough. and here's the men that I've just spoken about Adrian Donoghue winning the manager and Peter Nixon defender for the, the Dark Young Irelanders and after that we'll go straight into the Laird the Laird Intermediate final of injury time have been played but Aidan Shevlin hasn't blown his whistle and there he has I think Derek Maguire has kicked the ball out and it is full time and the match has ended in a bit of confusion but now the final whistle has been blown and Young Ireland can celebrate victory they are back in the intermediate championship after just a year of an absence Clyde Rangers for the second year running coming up short by the minimum Larry Junior winning manager. How's that sound? Oh, look, it's absolutely fantastic. It's it's uh, it's nothing more than these group of pe- people deserve. They've worked incredibly hard all year. Uh, they're focused. They're, they're, you know, the talented players. It wasn't the greatest game in the world. It wasn't the prettiest game. But I'll win ugly every day of the week. I'll win by a point every game. Uh, it, won't ma- it won't bother me at all. Uh, finals about getting over the fi- line. Finals are about winning. Championship is about winning that game. Forget about history. Forget about like I'm just after realizing. 
season. You know, that is the 16th game in a row we haven't conceded a goal. So, you know, if that doesn't speak for itself of what commitment these boys and what teamwork they have, uh, then nothing does. Massive emphasis on that defence all season, but it really paid off. He's very, very hard to break down. Yeah, listen, the simple facts of the matter is we have a lot of honest people and honest players, and honesty is what, what builds great defences. It's great that we have talented players on top of that, but every one of them would give their right arm to be on the team and to play. They all know each other, they all understand their roles, and it just showed there, like it was exception. They're an intermediate team, they have a very good school, uh, uh, scoring record, yeah. uh, and what did they score? Six, five or six points. Listen, I, I, that doesn't shock me. Yeah. That doesn't shock me. Does this win come all the way 12 months ago when you were in Monaster Vice 100% that exa- we came off that field very dejected very disappointed no question about it our boys hate losing obviously they, they hate losing more than they love winning sort of thing so uh, but they're passionate but you know you have to lick your wounds you have to address it you have to sort of uh, look at yourself when we come back at the beginning of the year I got involved when we come back in the beginning of the year the boys really uh, understood that honesty was the most important thing and hard work and they've, they've trained maybe 125, 130 times this year they're totally honest and again it reflects in the way they play particularly defensively forwards uh, we, our forwards get overlooked a wee bit uh, yeah. our forwards are still exceptional yeah. we've, ex- we've, we've county quality forwards uh, but you know a lot of teams maybe are blessed with natural forwards and they don't have to do much else speaking you know, of uh, natural forwards yeah. you're too young for this yeah. it must be really nice uh, uh, ah. as a as a family, as a father, firstly. Well, that's GAA, isn't it? That's the most important and, and the nicest thing about it, the memories that you have. Uh, it's been a brilliant build-up for a father. Unbelievable memories. Uh, can't be, you can't put into words how proud I am of the boys. They're, they're, they've given everything. They're the hardest trainers. They're, the, they're, the, they're, the, the most, they're as much committed as anybody else uh, to do... They can be a little bit, I suppose, <laughs> like anybody else, they can be a little bit overpassionate. But the reality is, is uh, as a father and as a manager, you could not, they could not have given any more this year. Adrian, thanks very much. Right. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. To the Young Ireland's captain, Kane O'Neill. Well done, Kane. Peter, congratulations, Larry Junior Champions. Yeah. After one year, you're asking. Yeah. How does that feel? Well, it's a relief. It's a relief to be asked to, to, to get out of junior football again. You know, it's, a, it's a dogged, hard, it's a different type of uh, Gaelic football than you're used to in intermediate football or, or uh, senior football. And uh, to get out of it uh, straight out of it after a year is uh, is is a relief. You know, I can't describe it any other way. Like you know, he's made light work of it. Work of it. How did this? We uh, during the year we made uh, we we made light work of it. We. Uh, We've we've a good young team there, and um, a lot of teams in junior uh, are struggling clubs. There's no other way around. They're, they're teams that are just gathering players. There's guys still playing just to keep the club alive in, in, in ways. And uh, we had a lot, an, an injection of a lot of good young talent, enthusiasm all over the field, and uh, it it just it paid dividend and, and shone through the whole for the year. You know, even today, look nervy at times. You still held, held the belief to get yeah, through. Big time, yeah. Well, in, in a final, it's a, it's I always find it's a kick of a ball. You know, the, the, you know. Uh, sometimes the best footballing team doesn't win a final. I've never seen actually the only final I've ever only have ever seen one intermediate final uh, where it was like a landslide victory for one team, and every other t- final I've ever ever watched ever came across was a 
hard fought win and uh, that was what that was with today it was just a hard grinding result and I think if it had gone Glide's way there wouldn't be too much complaints from our side either Was the much said at half time you went down at half time was there inspirational words? Yeah well in half time team talk it was just uh, there wasn't a lot of um, there wasn't a lot to be said that the players didn't already know like, you know, and uh, there was a lot of just sh- shouting listen get your, get this game you know, you're know, you in the final don't be waiting to, to, to the last two minutes to wake up into it Like it's it's a final go out and play it uh, there was a few choice words said from the management team and basically you said that there's nothing for a second place and if uh, you, could, you could go out there thinking you can feel sorry for yourself and uh, not perform then and, and still come away with the win well then you're in dreamland and, and basically that was what was said you mentioned the last two minutes your vital hand in an interception yeah yeah just lucky enough that, that I, I read uh, read the pass he had an inside man and I didn't want to overcommit. so yeah, yeah. it was instinctual more than anything else it was just one of those things Just I got my hand up caught it and uh, I was, was lucky enough to get into position for you it. don't get that hand they get a goal yeah, so yeah. A key hand yeah it was game over yeah but uh, even before that there was a, a long ball in uh, they kept it in play all along the end line and uh, Des Rogers and I don't know who else got down and made a, a superb block and so you know everybody's throwing the body at it and which I was just lucky enough to be in a position for to make it and, and I say interception like. Those are little things you'll enjoy yourself tonight now Peter? Yeah I'm enjoying it tonight now you know uh, I uh, I don't drink as, as much <laughs> a lot of, uh, anymore like so I'll, I might just splash it and have a few drinks and uh, and enjoy it tonight yeah. Good man, well Thank you very well. much Thanks, Thanks very much Thank you The intermediate final, the Seamus Flood Cup. Who is coming home with it this Sunday in the Grove? It's the final not a lot of people expected. It's certainly not one I wanted. Uh, speaking from a Mark Rangers point of view, and I would have loved to be there. But in terms of um, parents, it's not. It wasn't expected from from the outset because you're looking at it and you have. I think there was the five Division One teams. There's Matlock ourselves. Uh, the Brides, Cooley, and the Clans. So those four teams that were probably earmarked ahead of them. So it just shows how competitive the Intermediate Championship is and how quality these t- these two teams are and how much that they've got there on merit. And you have to remember that these two teams met in the opening day um, against each other in... The clans, sorry, way back in July. The, the Feckins actually won that game, won 13 to 10 points in a Group A match. It was uh, it was the Moctis uh, second game and the Feckins first game. Actually, no, that's wrong. It was the Moctis first day out and it was the Feckins second, second match. So, will that play any? reckoning in this game is very hard to know very hard to know uh, the teams have evolved since that the the Feckens have a couple of changes all over the field and the Mocters have players starting that didn't start that day as well and they also have a an alteration to the bench as well I'm not sure whether Kieran Quinn was involved at that point either for the Mocters but uh, that game, just looking at the report here, the Moxes were leading by 7-4 at half time and looked to be well in control. And then a spectacular goal, it says here, from Bevan Duffy, 11 seconds into the second half, proved to be a catalyst for some seconds as they fought back. So they, they won that second half very well, one line to three points in the second half. Uh, and 
just looking at the final paragraph here, it says, although the Loud Village side got back within the two points with seven minutes remaining, the Feckens always look to be in control. So that that, that tells its own story, really, because uh, having seen a brief bit of the Feckens after, after we played, they look like a team that are very controlled. I would have actually earmarked them from the outset uh, to um, to be there thereabouts in the mix. Uh, this, you can see from their league form and their uh, obviously their early championship form that they were going quite well and they've uh, straightened a lot of issues out under Eugene Judge. They've got all the players out playing. They've got good young players as well. So... By the end of the year, by the end of the year, they had four county players as well: the Matthews, the two Duffies, and Rowan Holcroft. So that that they kind of went under the radar. There was no pressure on them, especially after last year when they were in the relegation playoff. Can you believe that they were in the relegation playoff? They were beaten out by Napierty in the semi-final. They went down this year, and then they just scraped over the Young Irelands who were there in the junior final. So it, it could have been it could have been them in the junior final instead of the Young Irelanders and now the Feckens are in the intermediate final and they were very lucky to win that night. I was actually at that game. They were very very lucky to get out, out of jail that night. The the Young Irelanders had them on the rack, but only for uh, Ronan Holcroft stood up really and got them over the line. So they've a lot to be thankful for. Maybe that maybe that kind of made them sit up and realise like come on lads we have a lot of good players around here let's get let's get a rack together and let's get focused and let's really drive for next year because oh, up until that point they had, they had been laboured they, they got to the intermediate final in 2014 they'll have a lot of that play, team still involved majority of it I there's a few young fellas I'll, I'll mention that now in a few minutes but it'll be majority of that side that'll come in and have that experience behind them. The Moctis, on the other hand, it'll be uh, there'll be a lot of hype around the village. First time in thirty seven years, two thousand nine, the one the junior. Uh, you know how insular and how, how I know from from experience how the village can have an effect on you, where you're it's all you hear and it's all you're seeing, and it can work to your advantage or disadvantage. Uh, in terms of pressure and expectation on you, and you, you kind of don't need to go into a final. You can get carried away with all the hoopla around it, and you leave your performance at the door instead of bringing that onto the field because that's what it's all about on the field. And speaking of on the field, uh, so we'll start with the, with the kickouts between the two teams, and uh, a shrewd bit of business by the Moctis. They've got Jason Callan in from the Brides over uh, the winter. He uh, he's come in there and he's been seamless really. Um, I think another player from the brides came in, another Wallace chap as well. So they but he's come on in a couple of games. So that's boosted the the Mokta's options and he's been quite good, uh, quite calm, quite composed. Um, he's kick, he gets his kick out away. He can go short and go long. Um, Niall McDonald. The same name as the famous loud goalie in, the, in goals for the Feckens. He's quite a good goalie as well. He pulled up a couple of terrific saves against the Kevins that could have brought the Kevins back into the game. Kickouts are varied as well. He likes to go long, can, can clip it short as well. But a good goalie, good uh, experience with St. Joseph CBS, the Lennon Cup winners a couple of years ago. 
Um, he's in the final last year when we with RD. Good goalkeeper, good prospect. Um, so fairly even enough there. And then I suppose when you're you're kicking around in the middle of the field and the Mockers midfield this year has been a revelation. Uh, Darrell McMahon is playing really good football. Shows how much of a good footballer he is. He's cool, he's calm, he's composed. He showed why he was a county player in, involved in the setup, playing in a key position, centre half allowed. He's a great. He's a great bit of stuff. He um, keeps the thing ticking over for the Mockers around there. He ne- he's never. Uh, he's never really missing in the middle sector. He's always on a ball, getting on a ball, covering, getting ahead. <laughs> bring the ball forward and alongside him Eamon O'Neill is playing the football of his life similar to the mock there's been there thereabouts but Eamon has really really put his hand up this year it was absolutely excellent for him he was uh, a keep he, 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 was a, he was always a key player for the mock in terms of scoring and getting a few points and being known as the, one of the best players but I don't think un, until this season he's fully played midfield I know they might try them in the forwards and that, but it's really suited him the freedom of it. He can get he can get forward solo runs as well. He's more the attacking option. The two of them work well work well as a partnership, and uh, it's great to see him. And he's always was a classy footballer, and he can get a score as well, which helps them. And they'll certainly need it because it'll be a very interesting battle in the middle of the field. Um, Donal Ryan, he'd be more known as a hauler. Um, he he uh, he's big big tall rangy fella, but does a job. And Bevan's alongside him. And Bevan, we all know what Bevan gives you, absolutely one hundred and ten percent. He's powerful. He uh, he just drives the feckings forward, and he's always a menace. He can put in huge hits that can lift the team. He can keep the ball there. So that's going to be a really good battle around the middle of the field there. And then you also add in that uh, Brian Devlin does dip into the around the middle sector of the field. I know he picked up an injury uh, in that game against the Kevins, but I presume he's back fully fit. He did come off the bench against uh, Finbar in the semi-final, but he should be. He should start. He's a very clever player, uh, very good on the ball, and obviously links up well with his brother Nilo in the corner, Nile Devlin, and it's Nilo and. Uh, Ronan Holcroft that posed a massive threat inside a twin threat really and it's very similar on the other on the other side you have the Moctas who play with a twin threat, threat inside as well you have um, Declan Bourne the county man similar to Ronan Holcroft and alongside him is uh, Stephen McCoy, who's made a real name for himself absolute bags of pace works really well big man small man um, does a lot of the running picks up a few scores all of his own making with blistering pace taking lads on so he's a good player then Emlyn Clerk and drops and sweeps for um, for uh, the box. And I think it's Colin O'Neill or Naylor that sweeps for the seconds. So they'll, be, they'll, they'll match up, they'll mirror each other. And that might be key because the game's all in the Grove. It's a tight venue. It's going to suit tight defences, especially in uh, the road end where it slips off in the corner. That'll really play, ha- cause havoc. It caused the... Uh, caused Lloyd havoc last year when the... Glen Emmis set up defensively and um, just stifled them really. So whoever 
whoever gets on top defensively will win this game but they have the two teams are both lovely attacking platforms like I haven't even mentioned the likes of Jerry Garland and Owen Duffy who likes to break with the ball from defence uh, Matthew Flanagan is making a good name for himself as wing back Joe Corrigan as well another young player that's coming through and then that's not to mention that next year you'll have all those under 17s eligible that won an under 16 championship for the Feckins uh, last year so they're, they're coming they're coming good it could be it could be time to get into the uh, could be time to get into the uh, senior for the Feckins now and ever um, Leo McGrain's a good chap as well Niall McCabe so they'll match up well in the full back line with Decky and McCoy so it'll be very interesting what a very interesting watch really good battle of a game and, and that's what uh, both these both teams bring you probably say the Mockers are a little bit more hardened than the than the the Feckins the Feckins would look to be more of a ball playing team Um that might get them that little bit of an edge. Uh, the bench then you're looking at, I know the Feckers might have Brian Devlin in reserve, but it's all about Kieran uh, Casey Bourne. How uh, how the Feckers react to him coming on. Maybe he'll start, maybe he's done enough in training since, since uh, the semi-final to register a start and come in and maybe start the game and come in and really make an impact from the get-go but that impact I've talked about off the bench and that distraction really plays into the Mokta's hands um, he gives them a boost he gives the crowd a boost when he comes on he lifts all the players around him that would have played with him an underage and are delighted to have him back um, it could it could maybe swing that six-point deficit that the group game held uh, will it be enough? I don't know I see the Feckins winning this one yeah, I'm going to put my neck on the line and say the Feckins are going to come from nowhere and win this game. Uh, I think they have the forwards to do it. Eugene Judge is a shrewd enough manager. He'll have them well. He'll have them well. Prime for success, having won senior championships manager as, and as a player. But I think uh, the Mockers will be happy with that decision because every game, every every match this season, they've gone out as underdogs and been tipped not to win and they've, they've proved everybody wrong. So that's a massive factor as well. And then you're looking at the other way as well. The Feckins have been going to get payback for that 2009 final, uh, the junior final. So it really could go anyway. It'll be, it won't be, it won't be a, a big scoreline in the difference. It'll be a one-score game, uh, really competitive. And I've just given the Feckins the nod to win the Intermediate Championship for 2018 in Loud. As Alan Landy says, actually... Don't rule out a draw, uh, and it could be a shootout between Decky and Chinky, uh, Rowan Holcroft. So, don't hold out a draw, he says. So that concludes this week's podcast, and next week we will be looking forward to the Loud Senior Final. Uh, really good game, and I'll have a little bit of snippet on the minor final as well. Looks to be a good final as well. Ardy are there again against the Mockdas and the Brides. I uh, did mention a couple of those young Moctis players. They, they, they've been a revelation this year. Uh, Connor Garland and um, Jamie Farrell. Not the Jamie Farrell from Cooley, as some people thought. But uh, yeah, so we'll have, it will have previews on that. We'll have a reaction to this final. So stay tuned for next week's. And it could be some interesting news on the pod this week as well. So thanks a million. And thanks for listening to the We Are Loud podcast. <laughs>